Story nine of the strength of Gideon and other stories by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Jim's probation. For so long a time had Jim been known as the hardest sinner on the plantation that no one had tried to reach the heart under his outward shell even in camp meeting and revival times. Even good old brother Parker, who was ever looking after the lost and strained sheep, gave him up as beyond recall. "'Dat Jim,' he said. "'Huh, de devil gone god is stamp on dat boy, and de ain't no use in trying to scratch it off.' "'But Parker,' said his master that's the very sort of man you want to save don't you know it's your business as a man of the gospel to call sinners to repentance lord mass mordant exclaimed the old man my vice done got hoss callin jim too long ago to talk about you just got to let him go long maybe some of these days he gonna slip up on de gospel and fall plumb inter salvation even mandy jim's wife had attempted to urge the old man to some more active efforts in her husband's behalf. She was a pillar of the church herself, and was woefully disturbed about the condition of Jim's soul. Indeed, it was said that half of the time it was Mandy's prayers and exhortations that drove Jim into the woods with his dog and his axe, or an old gun that he had come into possession of from one of the younger Mordens. Jim was unregenerate. He was a fighter a hard drinker fiddled on sunday and had been known to go out hunting on that sacred day so it startled the whole place when mandy announced one day to a few of her intimate friends that she believed jim was under conviction he had stolen out hunting one sunday night and in passing through the swamp had gotten himself thoroughly wet and chilled and this had brought on an attack of acute rheumatism which mandy had pointed out to him as a direct judgment of heaven jim scoffed at first but mandy grew more and more earnest and finally with the racking of the pain he waxed serious and determined to look to the state of his soul as a means to the good of his body it do seem mandy said dat jim feel de weight o his sins most powerful i reckon it's de rheumatics said dinah don't make no difference what de instrument is mandy replied it's de salt it's de salt when the news reached Stuart Morton's ears, he became interested. Anything that would convert Jim and make a model Christian of him would be providential on that plantation. It would save the overseers many an hour's worry, his horses many a secret ride, and the other servants many a broken head. So he again went down to labor with Parker in the interest of the sinner. "'Is he a mornin' yet?' said Parker." no not yet but i think it's a good time to sow the seeds in his mind huh said the old man reckon you better let jim alone twell dem sins o his and get him to tossin and cryin and a moanin there'll be time enough to strive wid him i's always willin to do my pot mass stuart but when it comes to old-time sinners like jim i believe in layin off and lettin de spirit do de strivin but parker said his master you yourself know that the bible says that the spirit will not always strive well a den mas you don't speck i gwine outdo de spirit 
but Stuart Mordaunt was particularly anxious that Jim's step might be turned in the right direction. He knew just what a strong hold over their minds the Negro's own emotional religion had, and he felt that he could once get Jim inside the pale of the church and put him on guard of his salvation. It would mean the loss of fewer of his shoats and pullets. So he approached the old preacher and said in a confidential tone, "'Now look here, Parker,' I've got a fine lot of that good old tobacco you like up to the big house, and I'll tell you what I'll do. If you'll just try to work on Jim, and get his feet in the right path, you can come up and take all you want. Uh, uh said the old man. That show is monstrous fine tobacco, Mastuit. Yes, it is, and you shall have all you want of it. Well, I'll have a little wisset with Jim, and des see how much he fected and if to any stroke to be put in for the gospel aiming, you just count on me is a mighty strong warrior. That boy been laying heavy on my mind for lo these many days. As a result of this agreement, the old man went down to Jim's cabin on a night when that interesting sinner was suffering particularly from his rheumatic pains. Well, Jim, said the preacher, how you come on? Polly, Polly, said Jim. I des plumb racked and stracted from head to foot. Uh-huh, it do seem like to me the Bible don't tell muffin else but the truth. What the Bible been saying now? asked Jim suspiciously. That's what I been saying all the rest of the time. Your sins find you out. Jim groaned and turned uneasily in his chair. The old man saw that he had made a point and pursued it. Don't you know now, Jim? "'If you was a better man, that you wouldn't suffer so?' "'I don't know. I don't know nothing about it. "'Now just look at me. "'I've been a-trompin' her long in this low-gorn or sorrow for more than seventy years, "'and I ain't got an ache near a pain. "'Never no rheumatics in my life. "'And here you is, a young man, in mono-speakin', "'all twinged up with rheumatics. "'Now what that pin to?' It mean de Lord take care o dem dat's hisn. Now, Jim, you better come over on de Lord's side and get her away from your evil doings. Jim groaned again and lifted his swollen leg with an effort, just as Brother Parker said, "Let us pray." The prayer itself was less effective than the request was just at that time, for Jim was so stiff that it made him fairly howl with pain to get down on his knees. The old man's supplication was loud, deep, and diplomatic, and when they rose from their knees there were tears in Jim's eyes, but whether from cramp or contrition it is not safe to say. But a day or two after, the visit bore fruit in the appearance of Jim at a meeting where he sat on one of the very last benches, his shoulders hunched, and his head bowed, unmistakable signs of the convicted sinner. The usual term of mourning passed, and Jim was converted, much to Mandy's joy and Brother Parker's delight. The old man called early on his master after the meeting and announced the success of his labors. Stuart Mordaunt himself was no less pleased than the preacher. He shook Parker warmly by the hand, patted him on the shoulder, and called him a sly old fox. And then he took him to the cupboard and gave him his store of good tobacco, enough to last him for months. Something else, too, he must have given him, for the old man came away from the cupboard grinning broadly, 
and ostentatiously wiping his mouth with the back of his hand. Great work you've done, Parker, great work. Yes, yes, Mass, grinned the old man. Now if Jim can just stand out his probation, it'll be monstrous fine. His probation, exclaimed the master. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. We has all the young converts stand a probation of six months, for we take some regular enter the church. Now if Jim will just stand strong in de faith. Parker, said Mordant, you're an old wretch, and I've got a mind to take every bit of that tobacco away from you. No, I'll tell you what I'll do. He went back to the cupboard and got as much again as he had given Parker, and handed it to him, saying, I think it'll be better for all concerned if Jim's probation lasts only two months. Get him into the fold, Parker, get him into the fold. And he shoved the ancient exhorter out of the door. It grieved Jim that he could not go possum-hunting on Sundays any more, but shortly after he got religion, his rheumatism seemed to take a turn for the better, and he felt that the result was worth the sacrifice. But as the pain decreased in his legs and arms, the longing for his old wicked pleasures became stronger and stronger upon him, though Mandy thought that he was living out the period of his probation in the most exemplary manner, and inwardly rejoiced. It was two weeks before he was to be regularly admitted to church fellowship. His industrious spouse had decked him out in a bleached cotton shirt in which to attend divine service. In the morning Jim was there. The sermon which Brother Parker preached was powerful, but somehow it failed to reach this new convert. His gaze roved out of the window toward the dark line of the woods beyond, where the frost still glistened on the trees, and where he knew the persimmons were hanging ripe. Jim was present at the afternoon service also, for it was a great day, and again he was preoccupied. He started and clasped his hands together until the bones cracked, when a dog barked somewhere out on the hill. The sun was going down over the tops of the woodland trees, throwing the forest into gloom, as they came out of the log meeting house. Jim paused and looked lovingly at the scene, and sighed as he turned his steps back toward the cabin. That night Mandy went to church alone. Jim had disappeared. Nowhere around was his axe, and Spot, his dog, was gone. Mandy looked over toward the woods whose tops were feathered against the frosty sky, and away off she heard a dog bark. Brother Parker was feeling his way home from meeting late that night, when all of a sudden he came up on a man creeping toward the quarters. The man had an axe and a dog, and over his shoulders hung a bag in which the outlines of a possum could be seen. "'I ho, Brother Jim,' added again. Jim did not reply. "'Well, dis his up and a go long. We got to make some allowances for you young converts. When you going to cook dat possum, Brother Jim?' "'I don't know, Brother Parker. He's so po', I low I have to keep him and fatten him for a while. Uh-huh. Well, so long, Jim. So long, Brother Parker. Jim chuckled as he went away. I low I fool that old fox. Wander come down and eat up my one little possum, do he? Uh-uh. So that very night Jim scraped his possum and hung it out of doors, and the next day, brown as the forest whence it came, 
it lay on a great platter on jim's table it was a fat possum too jim had just whetted his knife and mandy had just finished the blessing when the latch was lifted and brother parker stepped in i ho brother jim i's dis in time jim sat with his mouth open drop a cheer brother parker said mandy her husband rose and put his hand over the possum what would ye come here for he asked i thought i'd just come and take a bite with you i'm going to take no bite with me said jim ish said mandy what kind of way is that to talk to the preacher preacher or no preacher you hear what i say and he took the possum and put it on the highest shelf what's the matter with you jim that's one of the requirements of the church the angry man turned to the preacher is it one of the requirements o' the church that you eat here to-night i surely am usual for the shepherd to sup wherever he stop said parker suavely very well very well said jim i want you to know that i specs to stay out of your church i's got two weeks mo probation you take it back and gin it to de next nigger you catches with a possum mandy was horrified the preacher looked longingly at the possum and took up his hat to go there were two disappointed men on the plantation when he told his master the next day the outcome of jim's probation end of story nine